2: I'm testing it. All I want is for the microphone to get tested. I don't care <laughs> if it's you who's doing the testing or me. Do you mind uh, strumming your sweet ass Martin there for a sec so we mm. can just see how that uh, how that sounds? <coughs> I think this will be I think this will be good. And then we're going to have to sit unnaturally uh, close to each other. Oh, that's great. Gorgeous. That is how Jonathan Colton does it. Finally, we're recording already. Great. Colton. Thank you for coming up to my hotel room to do the podcast. You're welcome. Please leave your pants at the door.
0: Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm very
2: happy to have you here at the podcast. We're actually recording this in the the bedroom part of the hotel room of my uh, seven-bedroom suite. Yeah. It's <laughs>
0: enormous.
2: It's enormous. I didn't
0: know it was all yours, but you said Yeah, it I got
2: the like. whole uh, top two floors of the Waldorf story. Yeah. It's
0: easier, because then you don't have people coming and bothering you. And-
2: yeah, yeah. And I just, I like at least a floor of separation between me and the plebeians, and so uh, that's how I like to, that's how I like to this it. This way you can't hear, you can't hear anybody when they're doing sex. And- <laughs> I did hear some people when they were doing sex the other night. Um, but the problem was that the dude was louder than the lady. Mm. And uh, that, that's a shame. That was it's was a real shame. It's not what you want. You don't you don't want a dude who comes like a girl. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> gross. That's, <laughs> that's what I've always said. It's really it was it was really gross. She wasn't that Maybe she, she was just like she was just she was watching TV. She might have been watching TV. She I actually wrote a joke about it because she um she you she said you fuck so well. <laughs> and I just thought, like, you're not into it if you're using proper grammar. If you have the presence of mind to use an adverb, you're not. You're not into your into the fucking that is, that yeah. is before you. Maybe you have not let yourself go. <laughs> you have not. You have not. Oh, why is my phone ringing? No one ever calls me up here.
0: Oh, it looks like you might have a message. Ah, uh, fuck it. you. It's you can <laughs> you can wait. Message.
2: It's going it's gonna beep every. Uh, Every two or three minutes. Well, that's not going to be irritating at all. Well, we'll see. We'll I, see. I could be wrong. We'll see how it goes. Um, so you noticed that the shower in the bathroom, which you can see, has no door, and you were kind of lamenting for a second because you thought maybe you should have done the same thing in your house. You
0: know, we I just bought. We bought. Uh, we moved into a new place in Brooklyn a little over a year ago. And Ooh, did, okay, Your Majesty. I know. Look out, right? Look out. <laughs> it's a new place, uh, and we did a lot of renovations. And um, one of the things we did was we were we did the bathroom and. Yeah, I desperately wanted a, a, uh, I don't know why, maybe not desperate, but I thought it'd be cool to have one of those doorless showers. because you just walk
2: right in? You walk right in, you walk right out. You
0: walk right out, you don't have to worry about a door or a curtain or anything like that. And then uh, everybody was like, mmm, water's going to splash on the floor.
2: I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I've seen this
0: in places. (laughs) No. It's impossible. No such thing. It cannot be done.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, but in the early days of showers, they probably just, no. No. Uh, No.
0: Right, before they had doors. What did they do before they had doors? At some point
2: there were no doors. (laughs) At some point, there was a cave, yeah. and then a woolly mammoth would spray water on you and then complain about his job, and you'd go to work for Mr. Slate. <laughs> and then he'd be like, eh, at, at it's a living! It's a living! <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of staring at these uncircumcised cave boners. <laughs> that was my favorite Flintstones uh, animal complaint. <laughs> and animals as things complaint. It was a primetime show for adults, so they could talk about boners yeah. and yeah. circumcision.
0: It was, it's, it's, it was not a kid's show. That's what people have forgotten.
2: Yeah, it's a... you know it's. A, the, the, he's got Fred's got the swordfish and he's trimming uh, Wilma's pubes, and uh, right. the swordfish with is the sword with fish. the serrated face. Yeah, and he would he would trim. Uh, I mean, he'd have to get it out of his closet, and then of course he'd go in, and the bowling ball would fall on his head. But he would get the the, the mini swordfish pube trimmers. <laughs> oh my god! Why does it always go there first? I think for this me? podcast is going really well. Mm. We we always earn the explicit tag. We're getting <laughs> We're always. We work for it. I, I uh, Yeah, I'm, I, I feel like we're getting to the meat of it. <laughs> this is what I'm here to talk to you about. Um, but I do actually, I guess, when did I meet you? It was a couple years ago. It's been a couple years now. We met, uh, we met over the phone. Oh, right. We did meet over the phone.
0: When, uh, when you called me uh, and uh, invited me to do a show with you. And I
2: said yes, and then later I said no. Well, your agent said no, but but I understand why. I understand why, because that was sort of the point where, yeah, because we were doing some Hard and Firm shows, and we were like, oh, we should do a Colton Hard and Firm um, double bill. Yeah. But it was sort of at the point where you were, you were breaking at that point, so you were able to fill a much larger venue than we were able to fill a couple of years ago, and so... Yeah. Was, that was that was part of the problem. It was also right before I did my DVD. Oh right! In the same city. That, and you
0: can't. And I didn't want to like blow the uh, blow the audience. Well, I didn't want to blow the audience. You, you know, I care about you, my of fans. Of course, of course. That's
2: what you can expect <laughs> at a Jonathan Colton show.
0: But uh, you know, I didn't want to. Uh, uh, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're. I'm glad we're getting past. This. Oh yeah, no. I felt, I, don't, like, I felt like a jerk because no, you know no, you I'm am I'm, I'm such a huge fan of you guys, and I think I told you when we first spoke that when I when I first came across. Uh, your uh, record The Hard and Firm record I was shaking my fist to the skies <laughs> For a good week and
2: a half And I feel like we had The same experience We were are like Oh this was brilliant Why didn't we think of this But I don't think But I understand Like you can't You can't go into a market Too many times um, in, in a short Because then you cannibalize Because then everyone's like Oh I already right. saw mm-hmm. that It's boring I don't want to yeah, see that again Yeah so it's I mean I From a, from a live performance standpoint I totally We totally under, we understood that yeah. And we've since done shows together yeah, and, it, yeah, and it's and it's uh, at the uh, the Max FunCon. Max FunCon, I yeah. believe we did a Woodstock. We did a Largo show. See, today. I have not done a Woodstock. Oh, you haven't done a Woodstock? Then no. it was just a Largo show we did. I did with you. you yes, that's right. I, you, you and Paul Storm. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yes. that's what it was.
0: Which felt like it felt like a Woodstock.
2: It was yeah. It was uh, it was a mini mm-hmm. Woodstock. It's a mini Woodstock. <laughs> Minus Will and Molly and Adam Savage and yes uh, and whoever else. Neil Gaiman, whoever else would show yeah, up, at whatever, the time. whatever powerful nerd superstars are yeah, part of the woods. That's right, Benjamin Franklin. I believe Edison showed yeah. up. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Johann Gutenberg demonstrated his printing press. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, you, I I, I, I feel like you're one of the one of the guys who sort of broke the ground on the whole free internet culture. And really capitalized. I mean, like, before Radiohead did it... Sure. You, uh... They w- are constantly stealing from me. They're constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear Tom York cover... Some like Jonathan the first of May, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, so, what was what was your plan? Like, what did you where where did you get this idea? And and maybe you would want to explain the idea for people who don't. Who well, don't know. yeah.
0: So the so the the story the story is that uh, in in 2005, I was uh, I'd been working at the software company for about 10 years, uh, not ever having intended for that to become my career, and doing music on the side and uh, and as a hobby, and wishing that I could do it full time, but never being able to figure out how to do it. And then finally, I said. Fuck okay, it! I'm gonna quit, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know exactly what's gonna happen, but um, you know, I had I had I had released some I had released ACD, and I you know I'd been playing a little bit here and there, and I was getting positive response. So I was like, well, let's just let's just spend a year. You know, pushing things a little bit, whatever that means. And, and you're married
2: I mean. at this point? You have.
0: I was married, I had a, a child, my first child was not yet one. Okay. Uh, and so your wife was like, this and I had a is a good life. idea. Yeah, she was like, I am 100% behind you. Whatever you want to do, baby. <laughs> uh, it was a difficult
2: conversation to have, because... You, you know I, how I bring home money regularly? <laughs> You that's that, boring, right? That whole health insurance thing. Do <laughs> you really you gonna... need that? He's going to be fine. Look at him; he's fine. He's not. He's not sick. No, he's going to be fine. How much trouble could what could happen? Uh,
0: but it, it was a difficult conversation to have. I think mostly because it was like the my the way I like to approach things is by not planning or preparing for them. That's just my <laughs> that's just my thing. <laughs> right. And so uh, that was my strategy for this too. Was like, well, step one, quit job. Step two, something happens. <laughs> Step three. Step three. Money is flowing. Party on a yacht, <laughs> right? Party I, on a space I, yacht, you know. And I was like, you, you know, you figure it out as you go. And the the uh, so she was, <laughs> her main complaint at the time was like, I just wish you had, you know, a plan of some kind. I would feel better if I knew what you are we're going to do. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, but 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 so so really, it got it got about two weeks into my unemployment, I was like, this is I I gotta I'm just gonna play Xbox all day if I don't do something. So. I started releasing a, a new song every Friday, uh, and just publishing them all as a in a podcast feed on on my website, and um, uh, just kind of hoping, you know, well, a couple of things, you know, let's pretend this is a job, right, and that you have to produce material on a regular basis, right. even though nobody's paying you to do it. That's
2: the, uh, that's the Seinfeld mm. formula. Right, uh, yeah. Pre- pretend like it's a job. <laughs> right. That's right. Pretend like the job that you want to have is your job. Is your job, yeah. exactly.
0: And then the other thing was, um, uh, you know, maybe maybe doing it, this is kind of a stunt to do a song a week, uh, and, you know, maybe maybe I'll attract some attention and somebody will hire me. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking when I was starting this. Mm-hmm. Somebody will hire me to do something. Hire me to write music for a show. or mm-hmm. Hire me to... Whatever, and then, you know, over the course of that year, it became clear to me that people were actually purchasing this music, uh, purchasing the MP3s that I was putting up, and and I started to actually make money that way. And then by the end of that year, I was I, did, I had done a couple of shows in front of audiences in cities where I didn't live, and it was clear that something was was happening, and I was actually starting to uh, to make money that way. So I was like, well, okay, I guess this is my job now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I get I get I get a lot of undeserved credit I think for uh, cracking the nut of uh, you know internet
2: musicianship, but I feel like it was sort of an accident that it, that it happened for me that way. But you know, just, accident, I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily an accident, and and also, you know, you your point of view, like the astrology of it, is perfect your point of view the kind of this is sort of like like a clever geeky point of view right is perfect with an early adopting internet crowd who you know because in 2005 even though it was just 5 short years ago i mean the word podcasting and yeah. rss feed was not really part of the general vernacular i am not even sure rss feed still is but uh, <laughs> is yet but 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 but, but still it uh, you know, it, it I don't even think the there were right. MP3s in 2005. <laughs> there were, was, not, uh, there were not. I'm not sure if there were MP3s. They, people were downloading physical albums, right. and they were materializing Logan's Run style. Right. You would download a, a printout of a physical receipt
0: that you would then take to a, a Kinko's, and you would fax it to the company, and it then would, they would send you a
2: disc. That was a download. And you would uh, you would take it to an AudioSmith. <laughs> Smith. who would craft it into some type of music cube right They're, they have a big
0: big bin of zeros and another big bin of ones they, they pull them out and it puts on
2: his special glasses so that you can see them this conversation was directed away. by Terry Gilliam <laughs> <laughs> So that's great, and then and now you now you are completely uh, self sufficient in, in terms yeah. of like you can you tour. And I
0: tour and I uh, I have stopped writing music, so that's good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mike Furman thinks Mike Furman like when he when we, you know because Mike released a, a solo album and when he was putting together his website for that, he always went back to your website. and He was like, God damn, Colton's website is perfect. <laughs> You've got the lyrics. You've got the chords. You've got the it, like everything's right there. You've got yeah. the donation tab. You've sure. got everything. It's just like it's just right there. It's all so simple. <laughs> do you think? Do you th- do you feel like? What did you do for the software company? Uh, I I wrote code. I I programmed uh, computers to do things. That I- that is that. Now you may say you didn't have a plan. But a a programmer not having a plan—you well, actually sure. had some sort of flowchart in your head. I did, but seriously, seriously, the flowchart was
0: really sketchy. I mean, it, it was, and, it, and it's, it's a good point because that's how you—that's how you how you approach software too. You say like, okay, there's—I know there's going to be a screen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some boxes and some buttons, mm-hmm. and uh, they put in some some data and they hit a button, something happens, right? right. There's a black box that you're going to write later. Yep. you're going to figure yeah. out what, it, and out comes this report. You know? That's right, and so and you don't when you're first approaching it, you don't think about you don't think about the details of that black box, and it's, it's, it's sort of like concentric black boxes, mm-hmm. each of which does something important in some magical way, <laughs> and it's like you've got to start somewhere, you know, and and then once you figure out what this bigger box does, then you go inside and you see what the smaller boxes do inside that. So yeah, I mean, to that you know in that in that way it was a plan. If uh, then the right. if, the if then plan. That's yeah, the if then plan exactly. The for next plan. Oh, that's a book title right there, waiting to happen. The Four Next Plan. Yeah, that is a book title. Self-help, uh, just a sort of self-help, but based entirely on For programmers. Per programmers.
2: When did you start? Uh, when, when did you your first computer? When did you start programming on this? One?
0: Oh God, uh, I had uh, I the first computer I ever touched was a, a TRS-80. Me too. Yeah, I had one. It I, didn't do anything. No, it didn't do anything at all. I didn't have one. My grandfather had one. Strangely.
2: And My grandfather had computer stuff too. Yeah,
0: he was really into computers early on, and he was already an old man, and he was it was funny because he was sort of a you know he was a technology fan and and an engineer and um, and but he already had a, a looking back now, he already had that sort of weird old person relationship with a computer mm-hmm. where he was always very careful about. You know, gingerly putting the disc in the Well, slot to
2: be fair, play. the TRS 80, you really That's needed exactly. to be. You did. It barely turned on. You needed to sing it a song and. and <laughs> Just stroke and it. Give it, it a dinner before it, it would. Uh, do what anything am cool. I? Am I love?
0: <laughs> no. No machine. <laughs> Computer, execute program. Execute. Uh, but it was. Uh, I learned uh, word processing. I went through all of my grandfather's word processing tutorials mm-hmm. on the TRS 80. And uh, I think at that point my dad was like, "Oh, kid likes computers. Let's send him to computer camp." Yes. And so that summer I for all the pussy, yeah, well, it's a lot of ladies, and they are, let's just say, they're built for speed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that summer I went to uh, learn to program uh, BASIC, and I had, uh, you know, and I wrote a program that you would enter your name, and then it would print your name a thousand times. Ten print
2: Jonathan Golden. 20, go to 10, 30, I was run.
0: jealous of a kid who uh, who was really good with uh, Peek and Poke. I didn't really understand <laughs> what was going on with Peek and Poke, but he was all into it. Uh, there was another kid who was, doing, who was actually making uh, sort of a Space Invaders uh, thing on his TRS-80. It was Beyond Me. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, he was actually like, I, we were doing the graphics thing and drawing with the, uh, you remember you used to, <laughs> there was actually a grid and you would sort of like, Cancel in yeah. the shape you wanted to make. Yeah, yeah. And then you would and then you would sort of draw the I don't even remember exactly how it worked.
2: I had the uh, TRS80 color computer two mm. right after that, which hooked up to your television set. I remember cow. it was just a console and used your and used your T V as a monitor so it hooked yeah. up. You know, it, it hooked up through the through the antenna somehow. Was it the T I one thousand that was the touchpad um,
0: It had 1K of memory. Oh, maybe 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 had the touchpad and it was hooked up to the TV.
2: And was 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 that the one that had cards that went in? There there was one that actually had the cards cards, that slid on the
0: side. That could be. Um, I had a Commodore 64. Uh, I had the I had the Atari 2600 basic cartridge, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which was incredibly
2: lame. Uh, I love the I love the time when cassettes cassette record where you used a cassette recorder to load up your data. Yeah. We sound like old
0: people. I remember explaining to my mom that the good thing about having a Commodore 64 was that now she didn't have to keep all her recipes on these <laughs> cards, and that I would make a program to manage her recipes, and
2: she would just have to load it up from the tape. And Isn't that funny? Would... The... I mean, like, I'm glad that technology has finally caught up with the scenarios we played out in our heads in the 80s <laughs> right. that never happened in the 80s. Right. Especially with like, especially with, like especially those early Radio Shack robots, where you're like, I... I mean, he can bring me food? Right. Well, someone's got to make that food and put it on the robot. You basically are, you have to make it, put it on the robot, and then beat it to the couch, which is not hard to do. So you're you're really doing twice as much work. And you're probably
0: going to have to get up a couple of times when he gets stuck. He's going to fall, get stuck. Yeah. Well, I know it's true. It's like the you know the kitchen computer is it's is here. It's the it's the iPad mm-hmm. essentially. You know
2: that's the thing. It's like I, I call the iPad the bathroom entertainment center. Uh, totally, absolutely, <laughs> Uncle John's bathroom reader. <laughs> they really should market it as that. Should pull back and we, <laughs> all the
0: commercials. People instead of because it's all about laps, right? Yeah. It's all about the iPad on laps. So they should do it. Except you should just see their pants around their ankles. <laughs> Uh, please wipe the screen down before you bring it back to your family. That's all I'm saying. Just keep some disinfectant wipes. Oh,
2: there's an app for that! Oh, oh. God. So, so unimpressive that I always go straight there. Um, do you want to play it? So, you know, I was going to have to say, like, oh, maybe play a couple songs at the end, but I kind of feel like maybe we could do this NPR style where we converse sure maybe, yeah and, and then and then do a little number you play a thing and then we talk about it afterwards yeah that is a gorgeous guitar by the way oh but, thank you very much it's a martin
0: Dash 16 rgte it's gorgeous it is a wonderful guitar Martin's I uh, I've had this guitar for many years this guitar saw me through my has seen me through my entire career as a professional musician as a matter of fact. It's been there through the thick and the thin. Yeah, and it has it has strings that are about uh, eight years old. I was saying. Oh really? Uh, not really eight years, but
2: now I have a couple Martins, but I also just got a Gibson that I really like not that long ago. Yeah, it an, is acu- an acoustic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is a really full-sounding. Yes, and it's one of the jump, like the J200, I think it is. Sure, sure. It's one of those full, like Strom. Yes, Strom. Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is
0: kind of a thin thin guitar but it sounds it sounds fantastic it does have it does have a nice sound it sounds very good when you
2: plug it <clears> in too <throat> these Martins get better with age too and like can you? well yeah because the wood the wood something something non-scientific that's right <laughs> the wood has, does a thing that the wood
1: it,
0: does it a thing It gets, sound away
2: it gets sweeter yeah the wood gets sweet what are you gonna what's you gonna what are you gonna play for us on Nerdist Cafe today uh, uh, John see, I don't even uh, I don't even
1: know what to, what
0: to play I'll do uh, what should I do I'll do a I'll do a song this is a song that I do when I can't think of what song to do. <laughs> this is a this is an old favorite. It's a pretty good introduction to the Colton oeuvre because it has uh, it has robots and uh, sort of nerdy nerdy bad feelings and sadness. This is uh, Jonathan Colton on the Nerdist Coffee Clutch. <laughs> this is called Doorless Shower. <laughs> Last week
1: I left a note on Laura's desk, it said I love this an anonymous friend, turns out she's smarter than
2: Thank this you. is exciting, you know. I had the headphones in. I was listening. I was like, "Oh shit!" I wonder if we're too loud. I took them out. It sounds fine. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Because the last thing we need is someone banging on the hotel ceiling going, "It's too early for cyborg songs." <laughs> <laughs> it's never too early for cyborg songs. <laughs> well, you and I agree on that. But yeah. some of the jerks who are also I will in point out that you role. have
0: you have the sweetest uh, corner room I've ever seen. You're like right here on Lexington Ave- Avenue, and you have. You yep. literally are in the corner of the building of windows looking out on this gorgeous. It's uh, it's
2: it's a very nice room. It is a very nice room that they've uh, that they put me in. I got a I got a view of the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> yeah, well, from the movie Coming to America. <laughs> really that on the Marquis is featured in the movie Coming to America. I wish it did. I really wish it did. But the other thing is, it's funny. Is of course, it's New York. So if your shades are up, everyone, you know, can like see fifty everything. rooms can see what you're doing. And the way that Colton and I are positioned right now is that we're sitting at the foot of the bed, yeah, kind of facing the bed. So I feel like it looks like we're giving last rites to. <laughs> I'm not sure someone. what people would
0: think if they looked in here and saw.
2: So <laughs> what is happening? Trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Make sure I get the recording level up a little bit there. Um, so the uh, was that the first song that you put out?
0: No, that was that was actually that actually predates uh predates professional uh Jonathan Colton life. That's uh that's uh from uh gosh, when did I write that? That was written for a thing that I was doing with uh
2: Hodgman, uh John Hodgman. Mm-hmm. John Hodgman. You're familiar with John Hodgman's work. John Mr. Hodgman is first of all one of the smartest people you could ever meet. He's a very smart man, yes. And I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but one of my favorite professional moments of all time <laughs> is being at Max Funcon. Max Funcon by the way, uh our friend Jesse Thorne who does The Brilliant Sound of Young America. Um, once a once a year has started this thing in the in the mountains of California. Yes. Um called Max Funcon and and you go and it's like a you're on a, you're on basically like a compound. It's, it's sort of summer camp weekend for nerds. Yes, exactly what it is. There's there are comedy shows, there are seminars, um it's it's fantastic. And so Furman and I did it one year and you were there. But we were in Hodgman's cabin, and so it was you and and John Hodgman and me and Mike Furman yes. and uh Merlin Mann. <laughs> yeah. Um of Kung Fu Grip, uh huh, and and uh, and our and, uh, friend and, uh, Scott Simpson, Scott
0: Simpson, and uh, I think Lonely Sandwich was there
2: for a while too. And so it was it was basically a collection. I looked around and I'm like, well, these are this this is the room of probably some of the smartest people that I've ever been in a room with in my entire life. And we spent three hours coming up with movie titles <laughs> yep. that sound like shitting. Yeah. <laughs> It's a hard game to explain, but once you get
0: going, you can't you can't stop yourself. And it came from Hodgman was doing it on uh, on the set of one of the Apple ads. Somebody, It might have been Justin Long who brought it to his attention. Uh, but it's, you just you just go you just sit around in a group and you keep naming movie titles, existing movie titles that when you imagine the movie is about shitting, become funny. <laughs> like I think one of Hodgman's was uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or you know there will be blood that's a, that's a classic grease grease five easy pieces the longest yard <laughs> yeah, the green mile
2: it's yeah the brown bunny <laughs> <laughs> you could and the problem with this game is that you, you you can't help it. You wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, The Expendables! Like, you can't stop. It just, it overtakes your brain. And you can spend hours doing it. So that was one of my favorite all-time moments.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good, I have to say that was a good, uh, a good comedy session. It was nice! Because the nice thing is, like, there was no, it, it, was, it was just all, all, all sort of social pretense had dropped away. And we were just sitting there, sort of all of us staring into the middle distance, trying to think of poop jokes <laughs> for three hours, and it
2: was great. It was really, really nice.
0: We did, there was no there was no talking anymore. We didn't have a conversation. No, we
2: just did poop jokes for three hours for three straight hours. It was bliss. it was, it was yeah. really it was really a wonderful it was really wonderful. Time. That was a lot of fun. Those were the days.
0: But yeah, Hodgman is uh, Hodgman is a very smart fellow, and th- and that, that song was I, I sort of. Found my, found my uh, writing about geeks talent, I think, in the process of working with Hodgman when he was doing this thing called the Little Grey Book Lectures, mm-hmm. which was in uh, Brooklyn. Sort of once a month, he would curate an evening of, of readings and slideshows and, uh, slide and uh, music and uh, cooking demonstrations and whatever all to a
2: particular theme. God damn it, that's the kind of stuff you can do in New York. I feel yeah. like it's hard, that's a hard sell in L.A. for some reason. Does that not
0: work as well in L.A., you think? I think it's, well, New York, everything Because feels... everybody's
2: dumb there in L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that's part of it. But the other part is that, um, you know, New York is just so communal. Mm. But L.A., you know, you you have to drive everywhere. Right, and right, right. So you, you know, you have to know what's going on and then go there on purpose and then park and then, you know, like... right. New York, it's like, oh, there's a thing across town. Let's just hop in a, on a get on the subway, hop on a cab, we're right there. I, it's, it's just, I a guess it's very fluid. It's a very fluid account. culture, and there's foot traffic here, and yeah. it's, it's, it's just different. Also, maybe a little more academic of
0: a culture. <laughs> <the most laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, this, it's also, there's also so much going on in LA. I mean, I guess there's a lot going on in New York, too. Not in Brooklyn. There's nothing happens in Brooklyn.
2: <laughs> no, hipsters happen in Brooklyn. No, hipsters happen, happen
0: in Brooklyn, but that's not even really happening, really. No? No.
2: Hipsters just... uh, take over an old doll factory and uh, turn it into some kind of <laughs> hipster haven. A bunch of. Uh... We're going to turn this deserted street into a giant mustache. <laughs> it's going to of it, Hipsters! Just because. Just because we can do it, man. Hipsters. Go, hipsters. <laughs> Who do you find is the sort of core demographic? Who are the people that are coming out to your shows?
0: Uh, it's, you know, it's nerds. There's a lot of nerds. Uh, it's a, it's a sort of, um, uh, skews slightly older, I think, Uh which is to say my age, Uh you know, Uh people in their, people in their mid to late thirties, uh, uh, who are frequently systems administrators, uh, often have a bag of dice with them. (laughs) Some of them wear top hats or capes. Is there uh, any steampunking going on uh, there's a little bit of steampunking uh you, occasionally you'll see you'll see a goth chick with kitty ears uh-huh um uh it's uh but you know its it's a it's a tricky thing because there's there's uh you know there is the nerd there is the nerd aspect to it which is pointless to pointless to ignore or pretend it's not a very real and uh, integral part of who I am and what i do but, but mm-hmm. Then you know I do have a number of, of uh, sort of straight ahead uh, songy songs, and I try to mix those into the shows so that it's not all it's not all robots.
2: Well, you don't you, I, but you, you don't you don't necessarily think of yourself as a comedian first. Do you feel of yourself as a musician? No, first? I,
0: yeah I I uh, and I get I get uh, you know because I do funny songs uh, you know I get I get categorized as as comedy music a lot of the time, and, and you know I've long since. Realize that you can't. You don't really get to pick what people think
2: you are. No, you know, that's just that's just happens. But you know what they love when you go on stage and yell at them when you try to correct them. <laughs> yeah. This is not what you. This is not what I do. How dare you pay to and then label? Yeah, exactly. But it's you know I, I always say this with um, with Furman because we stopped hard and firm stopped doing comedy clubs. Mm. Because it, it, it's much... I feel like, it's, as musicians, it's much better to be the funny guys in a music venue than the music guys in a comedy venue. Yeah, the music guys at a comedy venue are always...
0: There's always that... Because I've done a few comedy shows, and it's always that thing. You come out... I mean, comedy audiences, when you come out and they don't know who you are, right. they sort of sit back with their arms crossed, and they're like, all right, what do you got? Right. You know? And you have, you have just a
2: few moments... To either get them or lose them, and songs are basically sketches in in the sense that if they're if they are not on board within the first like ten seconds or so, or by I'm the first s- joke, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. Then they have you have to you have to finish it. This
0: is four and a half minutes long. You we're all gonna sit here. We have
2: had that. <laughs>
0: or it's like it's also there's the pressure to you know comedy comedy audiences are there to to laugh and not much else. I mean I right. think that that. Uh, that's not always the case, but, but mostly that's what people want to do. Is they want to laugh, and then a few seconds later they want to laugh. A few seconds later they want to laugh. It's right. just a very one note thing, and so when, you, when when you're doing a song, it's like you can't. I don't know. You can't do a song that is a joke every every second. You need some setup time. You can if you're can Stephen you? Lynch? <laughs> you can if you're Stephen Lynch. Well, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's, I just, a, it's, just, it's a just a, different, it's just a different, different kind of thing. But that's not what I'm interested in. You know, right, I don't, right. I don't like. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to write those kinds of songs. I, I like to have a setup. Right. I like to have a denouement.
2: Uh huh. I pronounce that terribly. No, no. I listen. That's. I. I just got back from French Canada. Oh. Wow. I I that was very. I Did you was... have any bagels? I no. I I hear there's a bait. Was it? We were in Quebec. I, yes, I was in Montreal. In Montreal, practice France as I've often Practice call it. France. Yeah, they're,
0: Montreal apparently has a big bagel thing, and but they they have a they have a bagel culture that is entirely different from uh, New York bagel. culture.
2: Like the Sorry, bagel culture sounds racist. Uh, it is. That's what I mean. I'm talking. <laughs> no, they have delicious. Food. I'm talking about Jews. That's what I thought you. That's I thought you were going. They, they, you know, in Montreal, they, they, they don't. Well, first of all, they don't like anyone who's not from Montreal. They don't. Like other Canadians, they don't like Americans. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of. A do they t- like
0: French people? Do you think? I
2: I think they I think they probably, yeah, they probably like French people in the way that like a freshman loves a senior. Yeah, like there's sort of a uh, I wish we were you. Yeah, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> someday. I, I think I don't know. I think even French people hate French people. <laughs> yeah, I was in I was in Montreal. I a show in Montreal, and I did a. Um, uh, at some point along the way I have this song about zombies called Read Your Brains and at some point a fan who was from either France or Montreal I don't remember which uh, sent me a French translation that he and a friend had worked on uh, of, of that song and I recorded it and put it on the website because I thought it was kind of awesome to have it That's pretty great. in French and then I was, I was in uh, Montreal and I said well I should, I should do that I should do the French
2: version because you, in your head, you're thinking, "Well, how could this not destroy?" It? Yeah, they'll go
0: crazy. I know. Go crazy the for it. That
2: they all speak right,
0: and I, uh, I, uh, I had to write it all out because I, it's, it's, uh, it's like real French. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just conversational French, right. and uh, it's very hard to pronounce. There's a lot of <laughs> zombie, <laughs> sure. zombie. There's a lot of elided words and right. stuff smushed together in the way of of actual speech. You know, and. Um, and I, I really struggled to get through it, and I also felt like about half the audience was pissed off that I was doing something in French. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you
2: come to French Canada and speak in and, French? And try to relate to us. And if you hadn't, they would have been like, how dare you come here and speak English, your disgusting, general yeah. Germanic language. Now that I'm remembering, I'm, I'm remembering that I started I started the evening by,
0: by speaking in, in French by introducing myself in very poor French because I don't I'm not great at speaking French. <laughs> and I have this thing with uh, foreign languages where I, I kind of think it's funny to say ordinary phrases in foreign languages. Right. It's just amusing to me. They they did not they were not on board. Well the thing is when you're in that country and you and you say <laughs> you know when you're here and you say the pencil is yellow yes. it's hilarious because it's in French. But when you when you are in France and you point to a yellow pencil and you go Le
2: crayon, And they're like, yep, that is a yellow pencil. It's in the, yeah. on the <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would say this on stage. Like, if, if a joke didn't fly, I would apologize and say, I'm a stupid American. So oh. I would say, Désolé, je suis un American stupide. Yeah. And then, just, and then that would kind of pull them back in. There we go. Crazy I, was, I was telling them in their language that I'm stupid. <laughs> and they that, they they love that. That's the, that's the that's the essence of of
0: comedy, isn't it? You have to, you have to tell them in their language that you were stupid. And the, and
2: here, here here's French. Here 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 was here was what was French, in French Canada. I found that a lot of the shows there they didn't appreciate word jokes as much. Yeah, like there was one whole show where every comic and some of these guys were like the most amazing comedians in in the world. Yeah, um, like. Uh, uh, guys like Tim Minchin or Noel Fielding or uh, um, Bill Burr, or whatever. Anyway, just these these amazing comedians, and um, and the show went okay. But then at the end, a ventriloquist went up, and they it's like they wanted to give him the key to the city. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, well, this is this is uh, <laughs> puppets always win.
0: Puppets, puppets always. Win. Everybody Pupp- gets what's happening.
2: They know that's
0: not a real dude.
2: That's a e- he does not have vocal cords in his throat. Uh, <laughs> how does he talk? It's being
1: operated in uh, uh, some way.
2: His voice is magically appearing <laughs> out of the dome. He's a mouth, she move. <laughs> He's. That, that was sort of Italian. That was, was the really. Italian. It was Mario.
1: Hey, I am.
2: Uh, uh, where is it? The mushroom <laughs> shop. <laughs> Mario
0: going to the ventriloquism <laughs> show. <laughs> I am making Luigi <Louise> talk. <laughs> I am a Luigi, I am a piece of a shit. I am how you drink water while I talk. <laughs>
1: you Are we uh... How you eat the mushroom while you talk? <laughs> uh, how you gain the firepower while you talk? You eat the
2: fire flower, Luigi? <laughs> see,
1: see me eat the fire see flower. eat the fire flower. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, that just got weird. Uh, Mario doing a ventriloquist act in a French Canadian comedy club with Luigi. Something needs to be done with it. I, that... I don't know
0: what what uh, what form this art should take. But we, need to, uh, uh, we need to we need, to, need
2: to, to call up the president of YouTube. <laughs> we should we get a development. Uh,
0: let me let me speak to Bob YouTube. <laughs> this is Bob YouTube. I got one for you.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Check it
0: out. You know you know what a ventriloquist is. Yes, I'm French-Canadian. <laughs> Day one is our president. You're going to love this, Bob. You're going to love this, Bob. <laughs> a couple years ago, there's was a game called Mario. <laughs> okay, I'm on <a> build. <laughs> I'm on gold.
2: So, uh... <laughs> I'm so tickled inside right now. Uh, oh, mm. oh. Okay, I feel okay now. I feel wow. okay Do you have another song that, uh, that you want to play? <laughs> Cause I don't know how to segue out of. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to segue out of to the do. weird, the weird Mario. I don't know. There was a weird swamp. That was like, a dream. That was was like a dream. It was like a dream, and there was Mario, and we
1: were in Montreal.
2: Like
0: dummy, but I don't know. And then also, something happened.
2: Talking about mushrooms. And then the president of YouTube was like, do you, we "You were
0: singing a song, but you were in my hotel room." That I don't, don't know. Was, it was we- <laughs> the Waldorf
2: Astoria. And then movie titles were shitting <laughs> some for some reason. I'm not really sure.
0: <coughs> uh, <laughs> what now? Now I'm really okay. What should I do? Why don't I do, uh, uh, I'll do here. This is a, this is a hit. This is the hit from The Thing we Week here. So. I don't
2: suppose so you could do
0: the zombie song in French. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That not will, unless I had it, it written out for me. Again. No, I will not do that again. Right. Uh, 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 it was really bad. I had to stop it like eight times. Oh. It was really like, I would be like, oh, it's like uh, sorry, sorry everyone. and uh, I'd have to start again. <laughs> it's not a good way to do a song. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this is a song, uh, this is a song uh, that I wrote about halfway through uh, Thing A Week. Uh, it became sort of a, uh, a smash, smash success because mm-hmm. it is about a sad uh, software designer, semi-autobiographical, and uh, there are, apparently there are a lot of sad software designers out there. Uh, this is uh, Code Monkey.
1: Code Monkey, get up, get coffee. Code Monkey, go to job. Code Monkey, have boring meeting with boring manager say code monkey very really diligent but it's out stink. is code not functional or elegant what you could code monkey think, think me
2: Do you do you bring a band or is it like do do you try to bring a band or do you just like to play alone? It's funny you
0: should ask. It's funny you should ask. I I, uh, I have uh, always done it just just me and an acoustic guitar. Uh, frequently uh, with Paul and Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who are? Can I just pause for a second? And yes. Say, wonderful, wonderful, funny, talented, uh, uh, great people. If you don't know um, the Paul and Storm, go online and find them. They are Paul and Storm yes. on Twitter. They're really great in every medium. It seems they they're, are, they're phenomenal. Yeah, they're really great. Um, but they, they, uh, they, we tour together quite a bit, and they, uh, they uh, are kind enough to come out and sing backup on a couple of songs and, and shake, shake her eggs, and it's really nice. But the, uh, uh, I, ha- I'm working on a new uh, album right now, uh, and uh, it, it, I, I am, I have uh, done two shows with a band. That is sort of newly uh, forming around this album. And uh, it's a brand new thing for me. And it's weird and uh, kind of awesome. It's really fun
2: to play with the band, I gotta say. Jonah Colton and the Supernova Explosion?
0: <coughs> yeah, it's, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad, <laughs> actually. Uh, I, we don't have a name yet, actually. I gotta think of something. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the, the, it's right now it's just Power Trio. It's me on electric guitar, mm-hmm. which is, a oh fair, wow. they've electrified a guitar now. They can do that now? Yeah, you plug it into, I guess you plug it into the wall or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, know what, uh, but Somehow it's, electrons are excited. Electrons are excited and then everyone else gets excited too. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's nice. It's a, it's a new thing. I, I, you know, it's a very different kind of guitar playing. Uh, and, uh, of course, I was terrified to work with other musicians, because I just haven't hadn't spent a lot of time playing in bands, really, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, I've, you know, i would never felt like a really technically fantastic
2: musician, so, uh... But you're doing it the right way, because when you just form a band and everyone's on equal ground, then you, it's a pain in the ass, <laughs> because cause you, then... It you know you can't do your thing unless everyone can make it and you know if someone's late or if someone doesn't show up or that you know like but when you're the kind of the band leader then you be like I'm hiring you and you need to be here or you're fired right and no we're not going to do one of your dumb songs (laughs) that's not (laughs) I don't care that you just broke up with your girlfriend we all have problems (laughs) just go over there and play bass (laughs) stop Uh, stop crying (laughs) under your bass you're gonna
0: short it out it's electric. Uh, but it's re- it's really thrilling, you know, to play with a, a band. The, the drummer's Marty Beller, who's this guy who is uh, the drummer for They Might Be Giants, and mm-hmm. the bass player's a man named Chris Anderson, both live in Brooklyn. Uh, the not,
2: not my boss <laughs> at Wired Magazine, Chris
0: Anderson. No, and also not, not the, the TED uh, conference. Ted conference guy, Chris, Chris Anderson. Anderson. I think there's another Chris Anderson too. Jesus, I know the poor guy. He's never going to get any Google. Uh, How many? Love. Yeah, I know
2: that's bad SEO right there. That's really that terrible really SEO. Bad SEO for him. Um,
0: until he hooked up with Colton, and then suddenly that's going to be Chris Anderson. That's going to be the metadata that needs to be embedded. Uh, and the album is being produced by John Flansburg of <gasps> the Mighty <be> Giants.
2: <gasps> you played with them. That's right. You yeah, with I toured them. with
0: them. I opened with them for for about a week and a half. Yeah. They're awesome. I mean, I, I'm. The, they're heroes of mine. I always well, mine been too. I saw
2: them play the Flood album at uh, at Royce Hall in Los Angeles yeah. not that long ago.
0: They're uh, they're so terrific, and they've just been they've just so smart and funny, and they've been doing it for so long. And they, you know, talk about people who've broken new ground like those guys. Those guys, you know,
2: all of us nerd nerd uh, people owe it to owe a great. There's um, no question yeah. that that if you know if you if you kind of peel back and look at the double helix that is hard and firm, you will see like a Tom Lehrer strand right. and a they might be giant strand who at the Flood show referred to some of their songs. I could never put into exact words what the majority of their songs are yeah. and he I think it was Flansburgh, said um this was one of the first uh, This was when we first Started writing What we refer to as Fact based songs <laughs> <laughs> Right Right Sure
0: Like uh, Yeah Like the, uh, uh, the What is Sunshine Which is actually From an old uh, An old which album they didn't write yeah. Was, yeah That was the only one I could think of And then I realized They didn't I, write I, Yeah I was thinking of another too <laughs> But like the The, um, the uh, the Alphabet of Nations, is mm-hmm. sort of a facty song, and uh, Meet James Ensor, mm-hmm.
2: um, um, the Mesopotamians, James K Polk. Yes, yeah, fact-based songs. They're 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 so they're so fantastic and so much fun to see live. That's great that you get to work with them.
0: Yeah, I mean it's really it's really it's really exciting. So I've you know I've gone from this is a nice side effect of being a semi-famous person is that you uh, you know you 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 have a sort of special entry card that gets you into the club, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you find yourself. You know, I'm now sort of regularly exchanging emails with Flansburgh about songwriting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like,
2: how, how the fuck did this happen to me? I know. You know, I, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I kind of had the same experience with Weird Al. I'm like, yeah. I'm friends with Weird Al now.
0: That's the same Weird Al that I know.
2: If I could go back. Well, actually, it would destroy the timeline. If I went back and told my, uh, my young teenage self that I was going to be friends with Weird Al, my heart would explode. I would be dead, and then in the future, I would not be friends. With you would never be able Weird to Al. father yourself. I would never be able to father myself i think that's
0: what's isn't that the let's say the yes time paradox i guess
2: that is the truth yeah. that is
0: the truth we've all fathered ourselves and hey take it future. down
2: jj abrams <laughs> i get it you like time um but uh, i i want to know what how is your has your when you're writing a song a week how many did you do end up doing
0: well, fifty-two-ish. Although some of them, some of them were cover songs, and there were one or two that were sort of re- reworked as pieces stolen from old stuff. And
2: I think. I think, especially a lot of people who like to create stuff who are listening probably want to know how the fuck do you soldier on when you're in week twenty-eight, it's and and you know, you know, like Sunday night. You you're, you're lying in bed. You probably can't sleep, and you're like, "I have nothing this week. What the fuck am I going to do? I've written 28 songs already. Surely yeah. that's enough. But I have to keep going." You described every week. Every week was like that. I kept thinking it was going to get easy, and I was going to sort of figure out the trick. Right. But there isn't a trick. It's just hard. It's just hard. It's just always how difficult. do you how do you break because because the the um, the creative wall is. It, I mean, it, I think pretty much anyone who makes anything has hits the creative wall, and yeah, the sort of. Defining moments are well. I either just give up and go play Xbox, or go back to a job I hate. Or right. how, how do I how do I get over this wall or break through? Well, I will say that
0: the the fact that I had said on the internet I was going to do this meant that it was very hard to not do it mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be that guy who's like public commitment you have to make public commitment make a public commitment and then you just do it and then it's just like it becomes i get, people ask me all the time like you know i'm i'm the creative person and I, I have trouble getting started i'm like i yes right <laughs> that is what it is to be a creative person but what you have to do is just do it and there's no other way to say it it's like you got to sit down you have to you have to pick up the guitar and you have to start playing it Right. It sounds very obvious when you say it. you have to start playing it, and you have to see if you have any ideas. Well, but that's the thing. And is if you have any ideas, you have to work with them for a while. And 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 it's like even if it's not good, you have to go
2: forward. With that's it. the thing is that you want it. You you know. I think some people, especially super creative types, get caught up because they feel like the thing. They feel like they should have the product formed in their head before they started. Right. And you really just need to start it because a lot of the times. Something Furman and I say when we're writing songs is we go, well, let's just get into the song and then the song will tell us what it needs. Yes. Like once you get into it, which I know sounds kind of stupid and new agey, but really, once you start making it, you're going, Oh, okay, well, this needs this, and this needs a harmony here, and this yeah. needs this instrument here. Yeah,
0: and it but it doesn't happen it doesn't happen unless you actually move forward. And there's the there's a point in every song's life. <laughs> <laughs> here we go.
2: They're like all children. <laughs> Well, you're
0: making song babies. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a point in that process. Every song that I've ever written, I thought sucked for most of the time that I was writing it. But you keep making, you keep but doing it. But you keep it. making it. And it's like when you've made this, you know, if, when I had made this public commitment and was doing a thing a week, it was like, well, this week is going to be a sucky song. And certainly there were some songs that were sucky all the way through mm-hmm. until when I published them and still remain sucky to this day. Um... <laughs> But uh, but most of them most of them turned a corner at some point, often at the last moment, mm-hmm. often after I had finished writing them in my head. They would turn a corner. And I would say, "Oh, that's actually kind of interesting," or "That's actually funny," or "That actually went in a different direction than I thought it was going to go," mm-hmm. or "Or even that's being perceived in a different way than I thought it was going to be perceived." Um, and it's it's really just about you know if you're stu- if you're ever stuck. This is what I always say: if you're ever stuck creatively, then make it your goal. To create something that is bad, right, and worthless. Yes. Just do that. Yes. Because as you start doing it, you will find that you're actually making something good.
2: Well, and that's an interesting. There's a, there's a songwriting exercise that that some bands use where when they're at a roadblock, they just say, "Well, let's just write the hackiest thing we can think of." Right. Because in the process, in their filter sort of they end up getting something that's almost useful in the end. But but ultimately, at the very end of the process. Even if nothing else, if you, you can say to yourself, but I will have written 52 songs and there's no way I will not be better off by the end of that experience totally, than before it when I was all in my head about it and I couldn't get it started. Yeah. And it's funny, I'm still in my head all the time. I mean, as I'm,
0: as I'm working on this new album, you know, with Flansburg bugging me. Where's the new songs? Where's the new songs? I'm like, shut up, John Flansburgh. But you know, I'm still, I am. They s- might be giants. These songs might not be done yet. <laughs> Why don't you take it down a peg? But I have, I am still as blocked as I ever was. Like you would think I would have learned something from Thing a Week, but really I haven't. It's still hard, and I still have to, I still have to push it through. And, and like I still think it sucks for most of the time that I'm writing it. <laughs> I still have not learned to trust myself. It's the craziest, it's the craziest thing that your brain does when you're trying to make something.
2: Well, that's that's the constant ratio that you have of you know your uh, it's sort of like the the belief and ability and then the output. There's this ratio, and no matter where you are, it just always kind of surfs right on the edge the whole time. It's but always maybe, the same. and I'm not saying you know I'm not saying that everyone has to have that, but that's just how you, that's and that's certainly how my mind works too. Yeah. yeah. But for whatever reason, that's just the thing that kind of keeps you keeps us on our toes. Right. A little bit. <laughs> exactly. Because you, you don't really want to get to the point where you're like. <laughs> you don't want to write a thing and go, "This is awesome." <laughs> yeah, this is awesome and this is easy. Yeah, I can do
0: this in my sleep. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't really want to fart out great songs. No, I, it, would, it would not be. It would not be. It would not be satisfying, and it would feel cheap and awful after a while. I mean, there's some. There's certainly some songs that I wrote, you know, that are sort of nerdy and, and gimmicky, in, in a way that I'm. I'm a little uncomfortable with now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's too easy. Like that idea. You're that, that 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 concept,
2: that comedic concept, is too is too easy. But you had to write that and get it out so that you could look back and see that. I mean, like you yeah, need sure. you need those sort of um, you need that sort of growth barometer where you can kind of look back at the chart and go, ah, okay, I do actually. When I put everything together, I do see a bit of a right. of an arrow form- going motion. up. Yeah. Fortunately, exactly, exactly. Um, so what's the what is the new album called? Do you know yet? I don't have a, I don't have a title for it yet um i have uh right now i have uh we just did
0: two shows in uh, Massachusetts with the with the band mm-hmm. uh doing six new songs half dozen new songs and then uh i got to write another you know half dozen or more uh and take out some of the bad ones and then uh <laughs> we'll go into the studio hopefully hopefully soon and start recording some of these things so do you ever go back in and, and
2: look at old stuff that you were that you were like well this will never see the light of day and kind of have a new perspective and go oh this might be useful do you ever do you ever go through <laughs> all the, the, old, the old I
0: boxes a, sure i have a i have a uh, back catalog of of half finished things that i if i'm stumped i will sort of surf through <laughs> all the bad, and i'm like they're all like Recorded uh, like you know at the kitchen table into my laptop mic uh-huh. with my children yelling at me behind me. Right, and uh, it's funny because most of the time they're bad. <laughs> and like <laughs> I, don't know, I think back and I'm like, what was it that made me think that I really needed to uh, capture that, even though my children were on fire? But I really. <laughs> Daddy's really busy. That.
2: This is the Steve Weeby. When you're out there. I pooped myself. <laughs> Daddy will be with you in a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
2: there is one that I just listened to that was, uh, was
0: me playing a little guitar part and like singing quietly in a microphone and the whole time, my son is like, "Daddy, Daddy? Daddy?" Oh, you and gotta it's, release that. That's a piece in and of itself. Like that should be the song. That's
2: the song. That's the extra layer. <laughs> I'm just that you're ignoring never him, him, him predicting. singing. <laughs> Daddy's following his dream. Did you uh, Did you uh, oh, by the way, I, I, I believe Firm and I are going to write one of the Legend of Neil themes. Oh fantastic And yours oh, oh, Paul and Storms was phenomenal yeah yeah you know they have the barbershop quartet back, background yes and but but yours God damn it the, it's, the when soft you, rock a little soft rock vibe when your harmonies kick in it's just like <laughs> holy shit it's fucking great Don't you ever wish do you ever wish you know like you could go back in time and sort of be like a, a leo sayer type or a, you know oh, like like a dang. 70s yacht rock? Yeah. Of, uh,
0: well, I feel like I do that. I feel like I am capable of doing that. For somehow my my uh, my fans let me get away with doing all that '70s stuff. I fucking love
2: it. It's I mean, so good. I love it, unironic. Like Jerry Rafferty. I'm a huge Jerry Rafferty. Oh, sure, fan. sure.
0: I mean, it's that that that. Like, I'm such a sucker for sensitive, picky things with with beautiful, breathy harmonies.
2: I just like, I love it. Have you ever heard the song uh, "Sentimental Lady" by Bob Welch? Uh, uh, Bob Welch played in one of the early incarnations of Fleetwood Mac. I know I don't think So I he has this that. 70s hit That's called "Sentimental Lady And I got hooked I got stuck on it For a little while and yeah. So I was I was playing it For some other friends Of mine And uh so we're like What's Bob Welch up to now It was the most Insane rabbit hole This guy Has a website And we look at We find his website And it's got First of all All these weird covers Of his versions of songs He does like a weird Jazzy version Of Hot for Teacher Wow. Which is very bizarre. And then the rest of it is about how the government is lying to us because of aliens. Oh. So man. he has this radio show in England and he gets this NASA guy on the phone and and the guy's like, Well, yes, you know, we there is there are aliens living among us. And it, it was just the <laughs> funniest kind of Bob Welch's reaction was like, Whoa, whoa <laughs> He's like, Wait S4! a minute we got the school It was almost like the infomercial for aliens. <laughs> Wait a minute! Are you telling me? Wait a minute! It was the most like this from a seventies yacht rock yeah. song, and then now this is the this is the worm can that has been opened. That's fantastic.
0: Uh, you know, I hope I hope that that is not in my future. You know, you think about you think about when you're an entertainer, you think about that arc uh, that well. you've seen happen to so many people, and you're like, man, I really hope that in the future I am not. A crazy person with a, a
2: crazy website. I hope not. Talking about aliens. But, you know, the 70s and 80s was like pre-irony a- era. I suppose that's and true. And so now, like, we, we All have... those people were dumb. <laughs> we just have more... I feel like there's just a little more self-awareness now. There's like... There's <laughs> art that's being created with a wink of like, isn't this crazy? Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, if you do have the alien website, I think it'll be ironic. I guess that's true. I wouldn't mind having an ironic alien website. That I, wouldn't be I, I terrible. Feel like, I feel
0: comfortable with that.
2: Do you do you, Do you feel comfortable playing any of the new songs, or do you want to? Do you want to? I could. I could try. I could try doing. You don't a have to. Like it's just we're 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 <laughs> right about in an hour, and I was going to have you like wrap it up. Do you want to? What? Yeah, yeah. You should close with whatever you want to close with. No, but I'll if, do. If you, if I'll you, do a new one. Uh, oh, I, you know what though? I, I'm so bad
0: at this. I need to. I need to plug something. Okay. Can Can yo, no, you something? should
2: plug anything you want.
0: I'm gonna plug something right now. Let's plug whatever you want. It's a cruise.
2: <gasps> you're doing the yes. We're
0: doing the cruise,
2: and you you can't do the cruise because you are cruise. afraid of sharks. Well, it's just that they impersonate humans, yeah, and I know they uh, it's cute. They, they 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 come on the boat, and you're like, look at that weird uh, ensign dressed as a shark, and then you cut in half. Yeah, and then you're cut in half. um. But uh, but you're you're doing the cruise in January. In
0: January, it's January second out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. We're calling it Joko Cruise Crazy, and that's all. That's right about CES
2: time for me, so I can't. I can I, have, I'll I be working at. G4. I'm so, I'm
0: sorry, you won't be there.
2: But my, but uh, Furman will be there. Mike Furman will be there. Paul and Storm will be there.
0: Uh, and we have uh, Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy of Rift Tracks. Yes. Uh, Molly Lewis, the
2: famous ukulelist. Yep. Uh, Hopefully we'll be 21 by then. Oh, I know. I heard about that, uh, Free Molly and stuff. Yeah, when we did Woodstock at uh, at Comic Con, she they literally made her sit outside in the loading dock the entire time. <laughs> she could only come into play. They had to escort her on and then escort her off. <laughs> uh, and who else? Will Wheaton,
0: John Hodgman. I mean, it's a star studded uh, event, and it's a, it's a it's on a giant cruise ship, which is awesome.
2: That is awesome.
0: Uh, there, the pictures on the website are just like insane. You know that sort of like Vegas hotel look. Yeah, everything is like super glitzy and glamorous. And we're like your hotel room here. <laughs> it looks like this except it's Everything a giant boat. just feels like James Bond. <laughs> it's all the showers, doorless.
2: Doorless showers. Completely. <laughs> uh,
0: so anyway, people can people can find out about that on the website and they should come cuz it's going to be a lot of
2: Jonathancolton.com.
0: Jonathancolton.com. That's
2: right. Can I tell you another heartbreaking story about Woodstock? Yeah, this I, I almost wish Paul and Storm hadn't told me. Oh, actually, maybe Will maybe Will Wheaton told me the story. It was fucking heartbreaking. Um, I guess they had some friends come. The venue we were playing at, Fourth and B, um, who incidentally was going to have like Snoop and Ice Cube in one of the next weeks. Two v- disparate groups sure came to our show than theirs. But anyway, um, some uh, this guy came to, to the show and he was late, so they wouldn't admit him. And in tow with him, his friend Joss Whedon. Oh. Oh. They they denied Joss Whedon from the door people at four Fourth and B because uh, they were late. That's a and, shame. and so it's just. Did if, he say,
0: "Do you know who I am"?
2: I don't think he did say, "Do you know who I am"? And Joss is a very sweet guy, and so. But but just knowing knowing that there were like 750 nerds there that just on the other side of the door. Was, yeah, was you know uh, was Joss Whedon, uh, Joss Whedon, Joss and <laughs> the door people didn't let him in. That would have been a case where the nerds would have ripped the door people <laughs> limb from sinewy limb. That is insane. Yeah. But it's also it's kind of in in a way it's
0: kind of kick ass because you're like you know what sorry sorry Joss Whedon. You are
2: late. You are late to this party, sucker. I'm pretty sure the <laughs> I'm pretty sure the door people didn't have the didn't have the Joss Whedon awareness that we all that we all have. No, I don't think I don't think they did. Um, but uh, in any case, that was that was a, that was the that was one of only two heartbreaking stories. of Woodstock. The rest of the show was amazingly fun. It's uh, well, Woodstock is all about heartbreak, really. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's all about it's all about making up for past heartbreaks. <laughs> growing up the way we did. That's right. That's right. So uh, what do, what what song are you gonna play? Uh, uh, I'm just seeing if I can remember. Actually, how we're play. gonna play a Blueberry Surprise.
0: <laughs> you gonna play? Mm. I don't like Blueberry Surprise anymore I'm tired mm. You're
2: gonna play Cyborg Farm mm.
0: Cyborg Farm
2: Cyborg Farm uh, No, I don't want to do Cyborg Farm, man You're gonna play uh, Test Tube Baby with a um, navel they are not supposed to have them, right? And the baby's in the test tube <laughs> Yeah, that's the twist at the end is It's a test tube baby who has a navel Oh my
0: god Holy shit How do you think of this shit? I don't, uh... Uh, no, this is a song... This is a new one. This is off a new record, (laughs) which is not, uh, recorded yet, and won't be for ten years, or however long it takes. Uh, this is, uh... This is about shopping, and also about something else.
2: Uh, I'll just start playing it. It's Jonathan Colton on the Nerdist Coffee System. (laughs) I am
1: glad... To be shopping Here with you I will sit
2: Thing, because I hope it's not. I hope it didn't blow out. I'm like, oh, I, know, no. I, was,
0: I was yelling there. It was a little higher than I remember.
2: That remembered. song is incredible. Oh, Do you, now, you. when you write a song like that, does your wife go?
0: Um, uh, <laughs> she hasn't heard. She hasn't heard that one yet. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't decided how personal a song that is. <laughs> Just popped out, you know. But you heard it first here on the Nerdist Coffee Warp. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm trying to make it as the nerdist coffee warp. <laughs> the nerdest coffee warp. Because those you know, doesn't lo- even make any sense. I know, it's I Vaguely evocative of something, maybe. There's a there's some sciencey element to it, but it's still <laughs> coffee esque somehow. <laughs> but uh Jonathan, I am so thrilled. I mean one of my favorite things about doing what I do is that I sort of like what you said I get to meet people that I would listen to and that I respect right were I not in this business at all and so it's it's a real treat to you know just be able to kind of get together and talk shop and hang out uh, totally well i
0: you know as I say I'm a huge fan of you as well slobber so we're slobbering uh, at each no, other <laughs> no, this is a bed right it's here how nerds make out
2: <laughs> you're smart no you're smart <laughs> shut up you're smart you're you smart. hang up. you hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was trying to think of one more shitting movie before we. Uh... <laughs> uh, that sh- that
0: should be that should be pretty easy. Um, I'm just, all I can think of is the ones that we've already said. <laughs> you know that there's a there, we decided this is a couple of different. There's the mentions of blood, which right the, you, you, as you as you do this game, you come to various right right, right. strategies. One is the mention of blood. So right, you have blood simple. Right, uh, the, there will be blood, of course. Right. In that, um uh, red, 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 uh, crimson tide. Red dawn. <laughs> red dawn. Right. Sure, that's that's a fine one as well. Uh, and then there's the the diarrhea diarrhea option. So you know, like, midnight run. Midnight run. <laughs> right. Like water for chocolate. <laughs> 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 and then there's these these sort of uh, a these, river runs through. <laughs> it. <thing. laughs> sure. <laughs> and then there's the uh, the the final the sort of final phase of this right before acceptance i think is is when you start doing ones that have nothing to do at all with poop like mr smith goes to
2: washington <laughs> 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 and then you somehow like i guess, it I guess it's kind of <laughs> something i don't know the muppet take manhattan rear, what rear window rear window totally right stuart little St- <laughs> the uh, the player <laughs> what what is that black dynamite <laughs> speed 2 <laughs> the um, time cop two, time cop number two, cyborg two, glass shadow, time bandits, <laughs> Brazil. I'm just start naming everything. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for coming to my hotel room. And uh, and also, can I just mention that I ran into you? I went to a Starbucks to get That's uh, right. some tea. Yeah, it was too crowded. I walked around the block to another Starbucks. Not only were you in line at Starbucks, you were coming up to the counter. I got to cut the line. That's right. And we ordered our beverages together. It was it That's was, how we play it in New York City. It was a synchronous uh, yeah.
0: event. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It was a pleasure, a pleasure uh, hanging out in your hotel room.
2: JonathanColton.com and at Jonathan Colton on Twitter. Look for the new album, which hopefully will be out soon. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. The end. Now leaving
1: nerdist.com. <laughs>